Welcome to your Thursday edition of Transformation Radio. We were made to be courageous. We were made to lead the way. We could be the generation that finally breaks the chains. We were made to be courageous. We were made to be courageous. We were warriors on the front lines, standing unafraid. But now we're watchers on the sidelines, while our families slip away.
And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today will come from the book of 2 Thessalonians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 18. Beneath the surface of the routine of daily life, a fierce struggle among invisible spiritual powers is being waged. Our main defense is prayer that God will protect us from the evil one and that he will strengthen us. The following guidelines can help you prepare for and survive satanic attacks. Number one, take the threat of spiritual attack seriously. Number two, pray for strength and help from God. Number three, study the Bible to recognize Satan's style and tactics. Number four, memorize scripture so that it will be a source of help no matter where you are. Number five, associate with those who speak the truth. And number six, practice what you are taught by sound spiritual leaders. Now, Paul was writing here about the person who is lazy. Paul explained that when he and his companions were in Thessalonica, they worked hard, buying what they needed rather than becoming a burden to any of the believers. The rule they followed was, those unwilling to work will not get to eat. There is a difference between leisure and laziness. Relaxation and recreation provide a necessary and much-needed balance to our lives. When it's time to work, however, Christians should jump right in. We should make the most of our talent and time, doing all we can to provide for ourselves and our dependents. Rest when you should be resting, and work when you should be working. We'll also read here today that some people in the Thessalonian church were falsely teaching that because Christ would return any day, people should set aside their responsibilities, quit work, do no future planning, and just wait for the Lord. But their lack of activity only led them into sin. They became a burden to the church which was supporting them. They wasted time that could have been used for helping others, and they became meddlers. These church members may have thought that they were being more spiritual by not working, but Paul tells them to be responsible and get back to work. Being ready for Christ means obeying Him in every area of life. Because we know that Christ is coming, we must live in such a way that our faith and our daily practice will please Him when He arrives. And now, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. October 15th, the New Testament, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 through 18. Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we, Paul and his co-workers, ask you to pray for us. Pray that the Lord's message will spread rapidly and be honored wherever it goes, just as when it came to you. Pray, too, that we will be rescued from wicked and evil people, for not everyone is a believer. But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. And we are confident in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we commanded you. May the Lord lead your hearts into a full understanding and expression of the love of God and the patient endurance that comes from Christ. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we give you this command in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stay away from all believers who live idle lives and don't follow the tradition they received from us. For you know that you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we were with you. We never accepted food from anyone without paying for it. We worked hard day and night, so we would not be a burden to any of you. We certainly had the right to ask you to feed us, but we wanted to give you an example to follow. Even while we were with you, we gave you this command. 
those unwilling to work will not get to eat. Yet we hear that some of you are living idle lives, refusing to work and meddling in other people's business. We command such people and urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and work to earn their own living. As for the rest of you, dear brothers and sisters, never get tired of doing good. Take note of those who refuse to obey what we say in this letter. Stay away from them so they will be ashamed. Don't think of them as enemies, but warn them as you would a brother or sister. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you all. Here is my greeting in my own handwriting, Paul. I do this in all my letters to prove they are from me. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And now from the book of Psalms, Psalm 85, verses 1 through 13. The writer here was asking God to revive his people, bringing them back to spiritual life. You know, God is capable of reviving both churches and individuals. He can pour out his love on us, renewing our love for him. If you need revival in your church, family, or personal spiritual life, ask God to give you a fresh touch of his love. As the psalmist cries out for God's intervention, he can almost see, taste, and hear God's response. In verses 9 through 13, these five verses describe what God can do for those who welcome His herald, righteousness. This psalm illustrates that the greater the presence of righteousness, that is obedience to God, the clearer the examples of God's blessings. This principle works equally in the life of a nation or an individual. You see, the more we first seek God's righteousness in His kingdom, as Jesus pointed out, the more we'll see everything else taken care of by God. Psalm 85, verses 1 through 13. For the choir director, a psalm of the descendants of Korah. Lord, you poured out blessings on your land. You restored the fortunes of Israel. You forgave the guilt of your people. Yes, you covered all their sins. Interlude. You held back your fury. You kept back your blazing anger. Now restore us again, O God of our salvation. Put aside your anger against us once more. Will you be angry with us always? Will you prolong your wrath to all generations? Won't you revive us again so your people can rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I listen carefully to what God the Lord is saying, for He speaks peace to His faithful people. But let them not return to their foolish ways. Surely His salvation is near to those who fear Him, so our land will be filled with His glory. Unfailing love and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Truth springs up from the earth, and righteousness smiles down from heaven. Yes, the Lord pours down His blessings. Our land will yield its bountiful harvest. Righteousness goes as a herald before Him, preparing the way for His steps. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 16. Do you like honey? Don't eat too much, or it will make you sick. Though the tears may fall, my song will rise, my song will rise to you. 
But my heart may fail, my song will rise, my song will rise to you. While there's breath in my lungs, I will praise you, Lord. In the dead of night, I'll lift my eyes, I'll lift my eyes to you. Though the waters rise, I'll lift my eyes, I'll lift my eyes to you. While there's hope in this heart, I will praise you. everybody hope you all are having a good day so far last week we started a three-week series to discuss what the cure is for spiritual lukewarmness the passage of scripture that we were looking at in order to find our answers is revelation 3 verses 14 through 22 and it states to the angel of the church in laodicea write 
These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich, and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness, and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So, in this passage, we find that Jesus has given to the church at Laodicea three distinct commands for how they can overcome their spiritual lukewarmness. These commands are applicable to us as well. The first command that Jesus gave them, which we discussed last week, was to buy from him gold that had been refined in the fire so that they could become rich. What Jesus was meaning when he said to them, buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can be rich, was that they needed to ask him for a faith that was so strong that it was willing to face and overcome any type of hardship or persecution. He adds that if they have this type of faith, then they will be truly rich. This week, I want us to talk about the second command that Jesus gives us for overcoming lukewarmness. The second command that Jesus gives is, because the Laodicean church was spiritually naked, they were to buy from him gold, or I'm sorry, white clothes to wear so they could overcome their shameful nakedness. Along with being known uh, as a great banking center during that time that dealt in gold, Laodicea was also known to be a great clothing center that exported fashionable clothes. So not only did they have all the gold, but they also had all the nice clothing. Yet Jesus says that they are naked and they need to buy from him white garments to wear to cover their nakedness. White clothing calls to mind here as at the church of Sardis that Jesus had just spoken of a few verses back, the purity of those who pass the test and overcome. So all throughout the scriptures, especially in the New Testament, you see that white robes generally represent the righteous. So what Jesus may have meant when he said to them that they needed to buy from him white garments to cover their nakedness was that they needed to ask the Lord to bless them with the ability to live totally surrendered, sold-out lives. Jesus was saying to them that if they would do this, it would break them free from the mediocrity that they had fallen into as a church. What I see in this passage can really be summed up in one word, repentance. He was telling the Laodiceans that they needed to repent of their spiritual laziness and to sell out to him completely. If you're not living a totally surrendered life, then that means very simply that you're not all in. 
Uh, Hudson Taylor, a famous missionary, once said, he's either God of all or he's not God at all. So if you're not all in, then you need to repent so that you can get all in. Lukewarmness in our spiritual life is for sure a sign that we're not all in with following Jesus. Because when we're all in, we are bearing spiritual fruit. Someone who is lukewarm has stopped bearing fruit. However, if we will repent of our spiritual laziness and start doing the things that God has told us to do in the Bible in order to get close to Him, then we will start to bear fruit again. James 4.8 says, Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. So, my challenge to you all this morning is simply this. If you have been spiritually lazy here lately, then I would challenge you to repent of doing that and to start doing the things that you did when you first came to Christ. If you'll keep seeking Him like you did when you first came to the refuge, then you're, you're definitely going to be jarred loose from any spiritual lukewarmness that you're currently dealing with. And if you'll do that, you'll start living the life of an overcomer once again. But at the end of the day, the choice is yours to make. Uh, no one can make, make it for you. So this morning I would just challenge you to do the right thing. If, if you've been living a lukewarm life here lately and you've just been spiritually lazy, repent and totally sell out to God. And I believe as you do that, you're going to catch on fire again. So I hope you guys have a wonderful day, and God bless you.
this is uh, Adrian Anderson. I'm going up from second to third phase today. Um, I would just like to encourage everybody in second phase to keep walking the walk with Jesus and uh, stay in your word and be willing to learn. Um, this has been a great experience for me. I can't wait to be back with my old team up in third phase. I want to just encourage everybody down at the farm um, and you'll see blessings behind it. Thank you. The psalmist continues, From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. Those who suffer, which is all of us, all of us endure suffering at one point or another, can look to the cross and know that there is an end to suffering. That all of our true enemies, Satan, sin, death, no matter how much they surround us and no matter how scary they seem at first, God conquers them all through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's sing of that hope together.
And that'll do it for today's edition of Transformation Radio.